Revolutions. He took to arriving at the revolving restaurant at 7.30 every evening, slipping into his seat and trying to ignore the waiters. At that hour, there were only the waiters, men who had organized themselves into an iron hierarchy. The pugilist at the desk who always asked him superfluously, Table for one, sir? The guy with the sparse moustache, satin waistcoat, sloping over his paunch, who took the unchanging order, a pint of beer, chicken masala fry, another beer. The wistful boy who delivered it and cleared the table afterwards. They made him self-conscious, but still, they had something to do, these men. While science had nothing to do, he had come to Bombay without his camera, without his mobile, without the laptop full of photographs. Science had cut loose. Bombay was not an entirely random choice though. The city had always been there in the way that when we are 20, cities loom on our horizons and we imagine comfortably distant futures in which we might live in one of them. But this was the first time he was here and everything he experienced symbolized Bombay. Every human gesture seemed to be a larger one made by the city. The deafness with which a bespectacled man pushed past him in the subway. The wily fruit seller who also sold him plums when he'd only wanted apples. The practiced way a taxi driver stuck out his arm to turn down the meter. The seriousness with which an elegant lady beggar sitting cross-legged on the street picked her nose. He slept till noon, walked about all afternoon, then took a taxi from wherever he was to Revolutions, in whose windows the blue-grey haze of the bay was slowly replaced by the dark oval of the stadium. In turn, substituted by a view of traffic in high-rises, the clock tower, the stock exchange, the general post office. Science had begun to wait for the revolving floor to return to a glimpse of the bay and bring back into his line of vision the lit window in the top floor of an apartment block. He could see into the house, lounge chairs and bookshelves, people moving about, the television screen. A woman sometimes opened the door to the terrace and stood there, with a stillness that suggested she imagined herself invisible to both those inside and those outside. It was in high school that science had started out by taking photographs of small things. He had no use for vistas. He often tried to capture ambiguity, dried coconut husks on the roadside that could be small crushed animals, Faces that could be painted plastic masks, plastic that could be water, water that could be shadow. He saw things that could be photographs and photographed them. He worked on his own for five or six years, rarely showing anyone his pictures. Then he met Venkat. He'd never met a photographer before. 
it's impossible making a living on this kind of thing venkat said he wore a multi pocket photographer's jacket and had nicotine stained fingernails science hadn't even mentioned making a living and was immediately confused nobody understands here you want people to understand you need to move out get a scholarship return with credentials science hoped venkat might see in his pictures something that was mysterious even to him some photographs had it and others didn't but science couldn't put a name to this quality i like your work but don't get into news photography it's killing you think i like shooting communal riots and political rallies no no i want to travel to the northeast and photograph the tribals they're going to disappear soon all those dances all those costumes science decided never to show anyone his photographs again but the very next week venkat drew up beside him on his bike as science was standing motionless in the middle of a pavement observing the pre-cremation rites being conducted around the corpse on the other side of the road he was torn between bringing his camera out of his shoulder bag and walking away with his head bowed i'm sure you've heard darshini is going to be in town her international exhibitions coming to bangalore when science hesitated venkat said i'm going to be there shooting the opening if you want i can introduce you but don't expect me to do anything more if she doesn't like your stuff don't blame me so science went to the opening of darshini's exhibition and shook hands with her darshini only went by that one name whose photographs of anonymous men women and children going about their humdrum urban lives had with their trademark melancholy and unexpected charm almost become clichés darshini herself her graying pixie shaped head her frank stare and thin hard mouth had allowed herself to be photographed profusely to science she looked like a somewhat faded version of her more familiar glossy magazine self science asked darshini and science felt the familiar need to explain oh, my grandfather <clears throat> he cleared his throat and began but a crowd heaved around darshini and she did not have time for explanations science retreated into a corner was photographing the photographer finally the small room emptied and only the smell of sweat and perfume remained darshini still being fervently lectured to by the gallery owner suddenly spied science in his corner and cried oh scientific in the voice of one who has found something precious they lost a long time ago tell me tell me tell me she said coming up to him rewarding his patience her eyes glinting with amusement so science described how as a child he was always tinkering reinventing discovering trying to turn objects into other objects torches into alarm clocks for the deaf rubber boots into flower vases for the thrifty his grandfather a rich landowner who treated engineers doctors and other men of science with a mixture of deference and mockery 
had rechristened his grandson Science, and this nickname gradually erased his proper name. Science became Science. But the story did not seem to satisfy Darshini. She continued looking at him, waiting, it seemed, for Science to reveal more of himself, provide a fuller explanation of what it meant to live by such a name. The gallery owner hovered at her elbow. Science asked if she would like to see his photographs. Two scuffed plastic chairs were produced. She grew silent and serious as soon as Science clicked open the first of his files and then she stayed that way. When Science had finished showing everything he thought worthy of her, she stood up abruptly and declared she would collapse without a cigarette. The gallery owner was temporarily abandoned and Science and Darshini proceeded to sit on a parapet outside, rest their eyes on a cool patch of grass and smoke. So, for how long have you been photographing? Have you had an exhibition of your work? And again, she seemed not to find his answer satisfying. Everything he said only made her more curious and she looked at him as if he were being evasive, unprepared to acknowledge his gift. But when she said, I really am impressed, she appeared not to care for science's mumbled words of gratitude. She was praising his work in a way that almost seemed to have nothing to do with him. Harwind, she said, when the gallery owner could not hold out any longer and join them. Have you seen this boy's work? Have you considered putting together an exhibition? His work must be seen. Arvind had a bushy beard and tugged at it, grunting. Eventually, he gave science his visiting card. Then Arvind and Darshini entered a cozy shared universe, discussing recent exhibitions they had seen, grasping gallery owners at home, clueless curators aboard, unenlightened publishers, insensitive handlers, illiterate reviewers. Science sat to one side, a child dismissed by an adult world. He went home dazed. Out of a new sense of self-consciousness, he could not bring himself to look at his photographs for a long time. For the first couple of days, Science had walked around downtown Bombay Letting the scale of the city, the crush of people, the expanse of water, numb him. He was an ant. His thoughts and memories could not impose shape or order on this city. And that was how it should be. That was the only way his disappointment might come to seem like nothing. Simply because he himself was nothing. He hung about, watching afternoon games of cricket in the Maidan, sat in small cafes with their menus laid out under glass top tables, stared vacantly at pictures and galleries. On the third day, he pushed further north to Kalbadevi, stopping abruptly before the giant blue bulk of an old hotel with beautiful wooden balconies, lingering before but not entering an old photo studio with huge portraits in its windows, once black and white, now meticulously painted over. Science walked on, past giant arcways with names and dates carved into them which took the hectic commerce of the street into deeper, mysterious recesses. Further north, 
in the flea market where men sat selling small piles of broken ceramic egg cups silver ashtrays old lps biscuit tins rusting cutlery and wind up gramophones science had found a half cracked pair of binoculars and taken it back with him to revolutions and that was how the movements he could see in the lit window became concrete the images on a tv screen the man the man inside reading a book the woman coming to stand at the door after starting out in bombay without a sense of purpose science now waited for the light to fade so he could take the elevator up to the restaurant and observe the apartment through his they always spent the sky darkening time in the same way this family of two he was still watching tv or reading with the tv going on in the background she kept moving between what could be the kitchen though it couldn't be seen and the living room sometimes pausing before the tv sometimes talking to the man or putting things away but when she came to the door and stood looking out at the sea science felt a fragile sense of comfort very soon he was doing this as if he had been doing it all his life eating chicken drinking icy beer and spying on strangers two restless and happy weeks after darshini's bangalore visit science had taken up his camera again he'd looked over all his photographs and could not believe their shallowness he wanted to empty his hard drive and make a fresh start he wanted to find a new source but but however often he went over everything darshini had told him he could not anticipate what she might say about anything new he did he spent hours standing at his bedroom window watching the lane through his lens the ice cream man pedaled past in his red bicycle van two men climbed a jacaranda tree to tinker with a green circuit box hidden high in its branches a sweeper in overalls dragged a giant dried palm frond down the lane a man climbed into his blue indica and sat still in driver's seat apparently meditating a balloon seller made squeaking noises with one of his fat yellow balloons as he went by color shape and movement but things had suddenly acquired a will of their own and refused to make meaning to his camera his thoughts kept returning to darshini whose skin was like long preserved newsprint and whose eyes had lit up while speaking to him finally he went to arvind for darshini's address Where's the hurry? You want to be a good photographer? Learn patience. Arvind as soon as he saw him. Science was silent, letting Arvind believe he had come to talk about the proposed exhibition. Darshini is like that only. She encourages young people, but that doesn't mean great things will happen overnight. Look at her life. She struggled and struggled. Finally, she can be still. Doesn't need to run around at all, and yet people will come to her like flies to honey. After 10 minutes of this he gave science her address and phone number and asked him to make sure when he wrote to Darshini to mention that he Arvind was considering organizing an exhibition of science's work Darshini's reply to science's email asking if he could move to Bombay and apprentice with her was brief 
she congratulated him again on his good work gave him the name of another photographer and said you've got to talk to him he has so much more patience for the young people sans wrote back saying he must work with her and no one else she didn't reply he waited for a week then called her her maid answered didi was in london he wrote to her again no reply he called again a man answered she seemed to be at home but the man said she was busy she didn't want to talk to science for some reason she no longer cared telling only his grandfather where he was going because only his grandfather would give him the money for his eccentric schemes science flew to bombay to look for darshini he was used to going on weekend holidays with his friends uncomfortable nights on buses days spent trekking up slippery hill paths before that there had been the carefully planned childhood journeys to visit trips that were reassuring in their sameness but science had never come alone to an unknown city before and darshini wasn't there science took a taxi from the airport to the address arvin had given him but no one answered the door he returned the same evening and tried again the man who'd happened to step into the building with him stood watching as he rang the bell then thumped the door nobody there said the man owners live in dubai are trying to find a tenant but at the moment nobody Science wandered away and after momentarily losing his way in the bylanes around the apartment found himself facing the sea across a vast traffic-filled river of a road. That was the evening when after walking up and down the promenade he saw the sign for revolutions and took the elevator up trying not to think of what to do next. Now he'd been in Bombay for a week and was certain that the woman he could see through his imperfect binoculars was Darshini. even though she seemed to have darker hair the building was this very same one he had gone to the first day the words krishna apartments written high on its facade he concluded that arvind had been mistaken about the flat number it was 703 perhaps instead of 103 yet having found darshini science was not sure how to proceed so he just continued waiting and watching trying to catch a proper glimpse of her when she stood for a few moments on the threshold or moved energetically through the house the following evening even though science ordered a third beer after he'd slowly drained two the lights did not come on in the apartment when he returned the next evening the rooms still lay in darkness he watched the slowly revolving city changed from the blur of dusk to shapes pinpointed by light within his large imprisonment he had enjoyed these last few days of freedom watching the apartment and knowing she was there now that small freedom was gone too and he was soon going to run out of money he made a deal with himself if the lights come on tomorrow i'll go and try to talk to her no matter what if they don't but whichever way he approached it he could not find a way to complete the thought the next evening the apartment was lit 
the man was in his chair but darshini had disappeared science waited lifting his binoculars every now and then to check but she wasn't there he quickly paid his bill ran out and kept running till he was at an ancient elevator with a collapsible gate on the top floor acting on his hunch he rang the bell at 703 immediately came the sound of a loud crash and a man's voice shouting science waited then pressed the bell again and the door opened instantly she has fallen the man said breathlessly he was much younger than he had seemed through the binoculars why do you people come and disturb us why he ran back in science stepped into the living room that had been his secret a private jewel glowing against the bombay night on the floor of the adjoining room a high ceilinged one filled with cameras cartons and bookshelves lay darshini a step ladder had collapsed next to her the man was still shouting instead of helping darshini she jumped when you rang the bell she lost balance we've told the call so many times that miss decosta doesn't live here anymore she moved after she retired it's been almost two months but every week another one of you turns up to destroy the peace and now look look what you've done darshini was on her side her cheek on the floor call an ambulance she said weakly the man tried to lift her but she screamed as soon as he touched her leg get a pillow get a pillow said the man science went back into the living room looked around him then went into a bedroom and pulled out one of the pillows lying side by side under the bed cover his eyes passing over the faces of relatives or friends in the metal frames worn out slippers a glass half filled with water her things her life the man lifted darshini's ankle with the greatest tenderness and placed the pillow beneath it darshini noticed signs and said go away mr costa isn't here stop bothering us please akshay told him to put a sign on the door i don't understand why it takes so long to do the simplest she was crying openly now akshay ignored her he was on his knee on the floor rifling through a phone directory signs put his hand to his face and felt the stubble that had accidentally disguised him he backed away till he was outside darshini's line of vision sorry i didn't realize can i help somehow akshay went away to shout into his phone about the ambulance i did this thought science i hurt her soundlessly he touched a camera mounted on a tripod noticing how some of the white markings on its lens ring had faded from years of contact with darshini you're still here asked akshay when he came back sain saw the anger on his face and then the indifference he knelt by darshini they'll be here soon he said stroking her forehead I'm going down to stop them at the corner. They turn into the gully. It'll take them another ten minutes to back up. No, I'll do it. Uh, I'll wait till they come and send them up. You please stay here with her," said Science. Darshini couldn't see him. Darshini hadn't recognized him from those two magical hours they'd spent together. Science didn't wait for Akshay's answer, but ran out of the apartment and started to breathe easy. Only when he had reached the corner of the alley and could from a distance feel the coolness of the sea breeze on his face 
When the ambulance came, he stopped it before it could turn in and directed the attendants with the stretcher to the seventh floor. Then he went back the way he had come, walking past the sign for a restaurant called Revolutions. Revolutions by Anjum Hassan